0: Pastor Michael has been talking about Job for a number of weeks, months, years. I don't know how long it's gone, but how many has been here from the get-go? Oh, my gosh. How many have uh, gone? It's their first time to hear Job. I'm going to give you a little perspective tonight. Before I get into the Word and read the Word, I want to give you a little summary of what you've been hearing over the last 27 weeks. Okay? It won't take long, I promise. So in week one, if you remember, uh, wait a minute, let me start this right. Let's pray. Father God, we come before you. We say thank you for another day. Thank you for what you've got in store for us tonight. I know I'm excited about delivering what you've shared with me. And I pray that people will open their hearts up. If it stirs them, Lord, if it makes them draw closer to you, that's what I hope, Lord. That's my desire. That's my hope. And Lord, I just pray if there's anyone here tonight that don't know you personally as Lord and Savior, that tonight will be the night they leave here different than the way they came. We pray that you just love us up, Father, that we'll love you up, and it'll be a a relationship built on love, and we'll be doing it back and forth with each other. We're going to say thank you in advance of how you're transforming us And you're going to do it in a mighty way in Jesus' name. And all of God's children said, amen. Amen. So Job uh, 1. In Job 1, Job was blameless. Remember that? The Lord allowed Satan to test him. Job's servants and his children, remember, were, they were done. He tore his robes and he worshiped. That's a pretty tough start to a book that's got 41 or 42 chapters of the life of Job, basically, of how he has discourses. You know what a discourse is? Conversation with people that call themselves friends. But some of the information that his friends gave him wasn't very friendly. He never took his eyes off the one who gave him hope even though he didn't understand everything tonight's title if, you want to give, if I want to give you a title to tonight's chapter in Job 27 God's wisdom beyond man's comprehension God's wisdom beyond, beyond man's comprehension in Job 2 Satan struck Job with boils. Job's wife told him to what? Curse God and die. That's pretty harsh, isn't it? I want to go home to that wife tonight. How about you? But Job did not sin. And then remember his friends. Oh, they got to give their two cents worth in there. Got to kick him a little bit harder ways down, right? You got friends like that? You know, it's an old phrase, if you, if you have friends like that, who needs enemies? In Job 3, he says, oh, well, first of all, his friends that supposedly came to him talked to him, Eliphaz, Bildad, and Zophar, with names like that. I don't, I don't know who named them, but all oh, the names were kind of funny back in those days. They came to comfort him. Okay, we'll see how much comfort they gave him, right? In chapter 3, Job said, Curse the day I was born. Why did I not die at birth? Why is light given to him who suffers? I have no rest. Only what turmoil. You ever felt that way? Yeah, yeah, I feel that way sometimes. In, in chapter 4, Eliphaz gives his little discourse. He says, Will you become impatient? When did the innocent ever perish? I heard, I heard a voice. Can a man be more righteous than God? Asking if, if, if Job, are you more righteous than God? Who do you think you are, Job? In chapter 5, Job said, uh, Who will answer you? Man is born to trouble. As for me, I would seek God. Do not despise his discipline. He wounds, but he binds up. Sometimes in the midst of war that's happening in us, we have to realize there's a a miracle happening. When we stay connected to the Lord, even in the midst of a battle, we can shine like Jesus shines. Isn't that a beautiful thing, a beautiful picture? I wish... uh, What's the stained man's first name? What's, what's, uh, anyway, he's a painter. He goes to church here. And he has such good calendars that he produces every year. And he has a way to put a picture with a story. You ever, isn't it kind of cool when you can look at a picture and there's a story in it? Well, Job's gonna learn a whole bunch of stories here. In chapter 6, I think that's the one I was on, Job said, My misery would outweigh the sand of the seas. You have proved no help. Show me how I have been wrong. Would I lie to you? Job questions his own integrity. Job questions his own... Maybe I'm not seeing the full picture here. Now I've got all this advice From my friends, chapter 6, no, not chapter 7, excuse me. Oh God, my life is but a breath, therefore I will speak out. What is man that you examine him? Why have you set me as your target? Wow. Bildad said, oh, this is good. This is another one of those good friends says. He said, does God pervert justice? Learn from past generations. He will not reject the blameless, nor will he uphold evildoers. In chapter 9, Job said, How can a man dispute with God? His power is vast, but he destroys the innocent. If only there were a mediator between us. Chapter 10. Job, why do you reject the work of your hands? You know that I am not guilty. Why did you bring me out of the womb? Leave me alone. Pretty depressing times in this midsection right here, right? Chapter 11. Oh, yeah, here comes Zophar. I'm going to kick it a little bit more. Pour a little more salt on the wound, right? Zophar says, oh, should you babble go unanswered? He's talking about Job. He's saying, you're just babbling. Should it go unanswered? God exacts less than your guilt deserves. Reach out to him and you will find hope. Job said in chapter 12, Who does not know all these things? With God our wisdom and power, He brings darkness into light. He destroys nations. God didn't allow evil. Though He slay me, this is in chapter 13, I want to argue my case with God. You ever want to argue your case with God? You ever want to say, Lord, I really don't deserve this. I really don't want to go through this. I don't really want to have to put up with that numbskull that I have to on a regular basis. I was telling Lori earlier I said everything goes with good with peanut butter and jelly. It has nothing to do with Job, but it is a good story. I'll tell you the rest of that later. Job thirteen, it says, I want to argue my case with God, right? Be quiet and I will speak. Though he slay me, I will hope in him. God, why do you hide your face? You ever felt like sometimes God, you just can't feel his presence there? We know he's there, right? We trust that. We believe that. Come on, I want to hear that. So, so sometimes when God is, is, is quiet, he's building character in you guys. He's building you to... Help trust him through that time. At the end of the tunnel, there's light, right? But sometimes that tunnel is really a long ways away or it's completely blocked by something. Chapter 14, man is like a fleeting shadow. If a tree is cut down, it will sprout again. But will a man live again? You overpower him forever. Chapter 15: Oh, come, here comes Eliphaz. Eliphaz said, your own mouth condemns you. Why do you turn against God? Why are you just being so stubborn? Just just acknowledge that you're sinful and you need God back in your life. The wicked will be like a vine stripped of unripe grapes. Chapter 16, Job said, you're miserable. You, 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 You say you comfort me? You're miserable in helping me. I don't need your help. If you want to give me that advice, just just be quiet. God has torn me and shattered me, but my prayer is pure. Even now, my advocate is on high. Chapter 17, my spirit is broken. He has made me a byword. But come again, all of you, I will find a wise man among you. Where is my hope? Chapter 18. Oh, yeah, here comes Bildad. He said, Why are we stupid in your sight? Because you're saying stupid stuff, that's why. Indeed, the light of the wicked goes out. His roots dry up and his branches wither. Job said in chapter 19, How long will you torment me? God counts me as an enemy, my closest friends abhor me. But I know that my Redeemer lives. My Redeemer lives. When all fails, when you feel like you've hit your last giddy-up-and-go, God's just getting started. He wants you to get to the very bottom sometimes of the dregs of your life sometimes so He can speak to you. I don't want you to be in the dregs of your life. Nobody wants to be in the dregs of life, but sometimes it takes those dregs of life to get your attention. Sad, isn't it? Sometimes he is preparing you so when you hit those real low points, you've got enough gas in your tank. You've got enough get up and giddy on your get along or whatever you want to call it to get you back going in the right direction. I get to 19, I think 19. Job said, oh, okay, we did that one. So then Zophar in 20 said, my understanding inspires me to answer. Oh, he's got a good answer now, huh? The triumph of the wicked is short. His food will turn sour in his stomach. Job said, 21, said, listen to me. Why do do the wicked grow mighty, mighty? How often do they have trouble? Who repays them? Your answers are empty. 22, Elphaz. Oh, yeah. Let's just go ahead and keep pouring salt on. He said, is not your wickedness great? You withheld bread from the hungry. Is not God high? Submit to him and be at peace. Submit to him. Who submitted better to God than Job did? And yet these other people, they don't see any of his, his allegiance to God, his submission to God. Job 23, Job said, if only I knew where to find God. When he has tested me, I shall come forth his goal. But he does whatever he pleases. Job 24, the wounded cry out. But God changes no one with wrong. Some rebel against the light. They are exalted a while and then are gone. You ever had anybody that's just a real pain in the keister? There's a a good sense of being patient. God will deal with that person. It may not be in your timing, but it is in his. And we need to make sure that we stay grounded If we have no ammunition, this sword, then we're likely going to say things we regret. We're going to do things we regret. But when you can recall Scripture that makes you reconsider what you're contemplating doing, your contemplations will turn to praise and glory and joy and peace and confidence. I'm going to shoot that light out in a minute. I can't see you, guys. (laughs) The wounded cry out. You feel wounded sometimes. Maybe you feel wounded tonight. I think my attitude's wounded a lot of times. It takes Wednesday night sometimes to get my attitude back in check. It takes someone like Dan Varney, who I respect greatly, to remind me how much God loves me. It takes somebody that you respect, that you see great wisdom in, that you adhere to. See, we're always in a stage of life, a stage of life where we can learn more, where we can get more wisdom, we can get more guidance, we can get more strength. We can reach out to friends that we need to ask favors of, help with, when we are in a dilemma. It doesn't have to be a big dilemma, guys. It could be something small. It could be something major. But God thinks everything. He wants to hear about everything. Job 24 The wounded cried out, but God changes no one with wrong. Some rebel against the light. They are exalted a while and they're gone. I read that one already. 25. Bildad said, Dominion and all belong to God. Who can be righteous before him? Even the stars are not pure in his sight. Who is this guy? 26. Job said, How you have helped the weak. Shoal is naked to God. The pillars of heaven tremble. These are the fringes of his ways. Job 27. My heart does not reproach me. Let my enemy be as the wicked. His many sons are for the sword. The wind sweeps from his place. 28. 27 is what we're doing tonight. So I'm not going to read you 27. I wasn't going to read you 27, 28. I'm not, I wasn't going to read you 27, but I did it. So my heart does not reproach me. Let my enemy be as the wicked. His many sons are for the sword. The wind sweeps him from his place. There's a lot of stuff in Job that you read it and you go, kind of makes you think twice, doesn't it? Makes you kind of, I'm not sure I understand everything there. But God is good. We're going to get to the word now. Now we're starting. You ready? Okay. Okay. So in in Job 27, I'm going to read through the scripture real quick, and then we're going to go back and discourse it, discuss it. So here it is. This is the NASB. If you want to turn to Job 27, feel free to do so, and you can read along with me. 27.1. Job affirms his righteousness. Then Job continued his discourse and said, as God lives, who has taken away my, my right? And the Almighty, who has embittered my soul? Three, for as long as life is in me and the breath of God is in my nostrils, my lips certainly will not speak unjustly, nor will my tongue mutter deceit. Five, far be it from me that I should declare your right, you right, Till I die, I will not put away my integrity from me. I hold fast my righteousness and will not let it go. My heart does not reproach any of my days. The state of the godless. May my enemy be as the wicked, verse 7, and my opponent as the unjust. For what is the hope of the godless when he is cut off? When God requires his life, Will God hear his cry when distress comes upon him? 10. Will he take delight in the Almighty? Will he call on God at all times? 11. I will instruct you in the power of God. What is with the Almighty I will not conceal. Verse 12. Behold, all of you have seen it. Why then do you act foolishly? 13, this is the portion of a wicked man from God and the inheritance which tyrants receive from the Almighty. 14, though his sons are many, they are destined for the sword and his descendants will be, not be satisfied with bread. His survivors will be buried because of the plague and their widows will not be able to weep. Though he piles up silver like dust and prepares garments, As plentiful as the clay, he may prepare it, but the just will wear it. I like that. And the innocent will divide the silver. He has built his house like the spider's web, or as a hut, which the watchman has made. He lies down rich, but never again. He opens his eyes, but it is no longer. Terrors overtake him like a flood a tempest steals him away in the night 21 the east wind carries him away and he is gone for it whirls him away from his palace or his place 22 for it will hurl at him without sparing he will surely try to flee from its power and last 23 men will clap their hands at him and will hiss him from his place it's pretty The discourse is kind of like, wow, I never thought about looking at wicked or evil people that way before. But they have what's coming to them. You know, there's sometimes when someone does something to you and it's not very kind or gentle, it's just the opposite of that. Sometimes we really have to hold our tongue and what we're heart is thinking in order to do god's work sometimes it's at those times that they don't need to be bitten back they need to be loved back and that's hard that's difficult and literally it is impossible without him but with him all things little small things big things are possible Guys, when you don't bite back somebody who is vile and wicked and evil, when you don't bite bite back, they don't know what to do. They literally don't know how to respond. In fact, a lot of times, it may lead them to the Lord. Because that may be the only Jesus they ever see. I want to encourage you to fight the good fight. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's possible. I'm not saying that it's a walk in the park, but it's a blessing. See, it's a blessing sometimes. If you look at Job's life, all the things he went through, Job now would tell you it was a blessing. Could he say that at the time? Probably not. I don't know if anybody can say losing their wife or their children, every bit of possessions he had. He only had a wife that stayed there and said, curse God and die. I pray that she came to a saving knowledge of understanding that wasn't the encouragement he needed. He needed something so much more than people poking his boils If you get my picture, get my point. Verse 1, what is a discourse? In verse 1, it talks about discourse. It seems that Job waited for his friends to reply. It was, after all, Zophar's turn. I like that. It's like when you get friends that want to poke fun at you and want to give you some advice. One is poking you in the side with a stick and you're trying to deal with the stick, and you got the other one poking you on the other side, it's just, it's just chaotic. It's just, you just want to get rid of those people, right? Sometimes I just want to get that stick away from them and poke them and see if they like it, to be honest. When you have somebody who really cares about you and pokes you sometimes... Don't think it's Zophar poking Job. Maybe it's poking you to keep you in the Word. My wife's prayed for me for years about issues I had with my own life that I didn't didn't know how to deal with, I didn't want to deal with, but she was faithful. See, Job being the faithful one here He didn't give up on the God that gave him the faith that he had. The same God, your wife, your spouse, your husband, is praying that you will get jump-started with that kind of faith. If you're here tonight, you're asking for that kind of faith. And you're you're asking God to show up and show me that kind of faith. It's okay. Sometimes we need to ask God, Lord, fill me in this place with what I need so I have the faith that I can stand against anything. Verse 1 through 12, this is kind of a nutshell of 1 through 12. It says, Job turned from speaking about God to defending his own righteousness. Sometimes we can get caught up and we look past the fact that Job may have if you want to consider that a sinful thought. He believed he was righteous. God's trying to get his attention to teach him something, to trust him, to seek him, to not try to say how righteous he was, just live it. Sometimes we like to tell our buddy how righteous we've been living lately. Be careful doing that. There's a, there's a payback for thinking you're real righteous. And it isn't fun. You get, you get your hand caught in the cookie jar, if you know what I mean. Just live life, life righteously. Job was a righteous man, no doubt. He was without fault. He was without sin to, to, from that perspective. As far as... Visually doing stuff. He did the law. He did everything like you would want a believer to do. But maybe he got a little bit high on his horse about how good he thought he was. I'm just saying. Sometimes we get past that that lust of the flesh about something we have. We get through this and we think we won the battle, right? Uh Uh-uh. Satan's over here. He's already figuring out another way to take your armor off. And if it's not latched on good, guess what he's going to do? He's going to find that little crack, that little seam, and he's going to get in there and he's going to destroy what you just were so proud of. Pride goeth before the fall, right? Verse 2, as God lives, who has taken away my justice? That's what he says in verse 2. In the previous chapter, Job praised the power of God but he also recognized that he needed something more than the might of God. Now, did you hear what I just said? He praised the power of God, but he f- prayed that he needed something more than the might of God. He needed rescue from the one who had made his soul bitter. When you get into a situation where your soul becomes bitter, be real careful. Because that's at a place where hardness kicks in. How many friends do you have that don't want to accept Jesus as Lord and Savior because they have some kind of bitterness that has turned to hardness? How many, how many I mean, I, I can go around to everybody in this room and I could go up to you and probably ask you that question and you know somebody like that. I've got a daughter who is running from the Lord Who was a born again believer who was on fire for the Lord? And you would think that this girl, she'll never walk away from God. And she has walked completely away from it because he doesn't appreciate her lifestyle. I tell you that in love. I love her completely and wholeheartedly. But she is lost, and she needs the Savior. Is that possible for him to come back to her? You bet. And I I believe that every day in my prayers, that when you pray for somebody who's lost, that you want saved, that you want to see them come back to the Lord, don't ever give up. My mother was a warrior prayer of all. My niece, God bless her, was murdered about 10 years ago by her husband. They had three children. I tell you this because here's why I tell you there's hope. When my mother was in her dying days, she wrote to that young man. She led him to the Lord. She never quit writing that young man. They started a discourse in a good way. She asked him, was he sorry for what he did? She asked him hard questions. She never judged him. I want to make sure you understand what I just said there. She loved him. She showed love. He was on meth when, he ha- when all this happened. And she started a discourse with him, and she started going back and forth. Until the day she died, she brought her three sons, me and my two brothers, before her. And she said, I expect you to forgive that young man for what he did to your... To your my brother, his daughter... And my other brother and me and your your niece. I expect you to forgive that young man for what he did. Because he's he's dealing with his own soul with the Lord. And you need to forgive him because guess what it says in scripture? Everybody knows. If you don't forgive, I will not forgive you. I went to see that young man in prison. And I hugged him. And tears pouring down his, chin, his, his body. His clothes were drenched. He's paying for what he was accused of. And he knows that. And he has three young children that his, my, my sister-in-law are raising. The tough part about any time you do something that's that horrendous, that whether you're forgiven or not, whether you know the Lord or not, there's still a price to pay. And that price is in this lifetime. But because he became a believer, he has the same home, the same destiny, the same eternal eternity that you and I can both have, that we do have. We're assured of it. He's assured of it. And I just want to tell you this, guys. Think about the cross. Think about the thief that sat beside Jesus. Today, what did Jesus say? You will be with me in paradise. So if Jesus can forgive the thief on the cross, and he puts that security in that thief, how much more can he do for us? How much more can he remind us Verses 3 through 6, Job affirmed his true and steadfast devotion to righteous living no matter what happened. That's what I want to install in you guys. I want to make sure you got it. That you can have righteous living no matter what happens. Because God can give you a peace that surpasses any understanding as Paul falls off the stage, right? Uh, no, no. But he can give you that peace that surpasses anything humanly possible that we can understand. When, he, when we see someone like Justin who is serving life in prison now for doing what he did, when he sees that he has a place serving in that penitentiary while he's there and doing everything as unto the Lord. You know, he, he wrote me a letter one day and he said, Mr. Paul, Mr. Paul, that's what he calls me, Mr. Paul. He said, "I just want to say that I got to drive a tractor now to cut the grass. They've trusted me enough that I don't have a guard standing over me." Now I'm telling you what, guys. We don't know what kind of change people are bound to. We don't know the situations that go on that are job situations. They're happening all over this world. They're happening everywhere. But the ones we can be influential in are the ones that we see right in front of us. The ones we're connected to. The ones we know people that we truly love. My mom has been gone, I think, seven years now. And in that time, my brother who said he would never forgive that young man, has forgiven that young man. Praise God. My middle brother, I'm not sure where he's at. God's still working on him. Spurgeon says, A man may easily become self-righteous. Listen to this, and this is a good one. When he is defending his own character, there may be a lack of admissions of faults unperceived. Kind of what I was talking about all ago with Job. There may be a blindness to faults that ought to have been perceived. And something of that imperfection, doubtless, was in the patriarch, in Job. Something that he believed. You can believe you're so right. Excuse me, but there may be some wrong in that right. Because if you are not willing to take the pill... You won't get well. Verse 7. May my enemy be like... I have nine minutes to finish 12 verses. May my enemy be like the wicked. Here Job, in rather strong terms, is asking for the same punishment his friends think he deserves to be put upon their own heads. So in, in essence, if someone is giving you advice and dragging you along with a rope through the thorns and the thistles pray for them don't get the rope around their neck and pull them through the same thistles verse 8 through 10 Job reminded his friends that he would never be hypocritical because he understood the consequences we need to remember to let God be judged even when we're tempted to judge with our own satisfaction. How hard is it to not want to judge somebody who did something like Justin did to my niece, uh, Jennifer? Um, it's a tough road for those three little boys that are still going. But you know what? God's story is bigger than our story. God's story is not finished until He either comes back to see us, to take us home, or until we go to see Him. I love everybody at this church, the the older ones, the younger ones. The older ones have so much wisdom. If you don't get some of that, you don't understand how to step up to the plate and be able to take the fall. You don't know how, People like Dan Varney, like people like, uh, oh man, just everybody I can think of uh, that have come and gone, people that have died. I'll carry a thing in my Bible now uh, about Bill Brock. If nobody knew Bill Brock, oh my gosh, what a blessing he was. He was an older gentleman that had had every kind of disease hit him, full bore right in the middle of the head, cancer twice, three, four times strokes, heart attacks, you name it. The man was bulletproof until he died. I say that because nobody is bulletproof to the point they're gonna live forever. But while he still was here, he used his illnesses, his, his situation, as a testimony about how good God was. Yeah, yeah. We got another one right now, Paul Chappie Hartson. If you don't know him, get to know him, guys. This man sits up here faithfully in church on every Sunday morning. He can't even hardly stay in here because his hands are so cold because of chemo he's going through. Of all the things that is attacking him, his his count is way up. He doesn't know, but he just knows. He does know. He knows that the Savior still lives in him. Praise God, right? God is so good, guys. Even in the midst of Christy. Chrissy's had a knee problem for years and has finally got a new knee and now her hip's gone and now she needs a hip. But God is not through with her yet. Yeah. Right, Chrissy? Yeah. Woo! I can just keep going on and on and it's so good because God is in the midst of Job right here. God is he in. Is, oh my gosh. One of my best buddies, Roger, he's my left, my right hand, my, uh, my right hand, my left hand. He's by everything. I mean, I to call him. He says, "What time you need me there, Paul? What What do you want me to do? Uh, don't worry about it. I got it taken care of. I I need guys. The more you plug into people that want to know you, the more you plug into people that that have something good to share with you. The more God is going to bless your socks off. Job was a good example of. Nobody wants to go through what Job went through, but God shows you that Job did it. You can do anything. You might be battered. You might be beat up. You might be going through every thistle patch it comes. you get close to, but oh my gosh. Praise God for whatever you're going through that I pray for you. That your sister, your brother prays for you. That you're going to have character. You're going to have whatever it is you need because he's going to fill you with the overflowing so people will see it. When you look at a Job situation and you see somebody like Paul Hartson, you see somebody like Bill Brock, you see somebody like that, that, man, they just get eat up with treatment they get to eat up with fever they get to eat up with they can't even feel their hand and then you and then you look at them with this huge smile on their face and they just have the love of jesus just pours out of them and they don't even see the issue they don't they don't even take time long enough to look at their own issues and problems there's so much praising the the god of the universe that takes the pain away as he's giving them pain. He allows that pain, but for some reason or another, they endure it, and it's like, oh my gosh, I want to have some of your pain so I can get what you got. (laughs) Woo! I got three minutes. (laughs) Uh! In verses 17 through 23, Job's friends on the same subject spoke of misery, wicked men uh, before death as proportion to their crimes. Oh, yeah, they want to portion it out like, oh yeah, yeah this crime of hand." Job considered that if it were not so, still the consequences of their death would be dreadful. Job undertook to set this matter to true light. Death to a godly man is like a fail listen to this one guys this is really good death to a godly man is like a fair gale of wind to convey him to the heavenly country but to a wicked man it's like a storm that hurries him away to destruction when you see somebody that's wicked evil or you just see somebody you don't like that's been mean to you that's just been downright mean You just pray that God gives you the words to either not say or say. I say this, Sir Francis of Assisi, uh, can't even say that word. He said this, present the gospel to everyone. If need be, use words. You have a mission You have an opportunity to share the love of Christ with everybody you come across in the way you present yourself, in the way you just basically do life. You have a choice to either be a thorn in somebody's side or to be a beautiful blossom of whatever flower you like. You can be the best vanilla ice cream, chocolate swirl, You can be whatever you like to somebody who needs to have the love of Jesus. Jesus will give you tools you can only imagine. He wants so much as the youth get here, and I'm lost on time now. Remember the title I said tonight? The title is God's Wisdom Beyond Man's Comprehension. God's Wisdom Beyond Man's Comprehension. Sometimes, guys, it just takes you to just close your eyes almost and just grab a hold and let God do the driving. Let God steer you, take you wherever you need. As you prepare, as we in this night... And I just want to say thank you. God bless you, each one of you. As you prepare for the rest of your week, as you prepare for the rest of the year, into next year, whatever it might be, just pray that God puts you in a platform where you can be a vessel for Jesus. If you do that, guys, I'm telling you, you'll be a light. You'll be that beacon that people need to see. Youth, we're so glad to have you in here at the end. I would like all of us to, as Shane comes back up and gets ready to do his thing on a closing song or two, do a little bit of worship, I just want to say there is nobody in this room that would love... Um, that could, uh, huh. man, I'm going in 14 different ways in my brain at one time. You ever done that? When Jesus comes into your life and you let him take up residence, look for things to be different than you thought it would be. Jesus is going to install in your life. A way for you to overcome any and all obstacles. And that means that he's going to hit you with Mack trucks at some point. And and you might come up with a few broken teeth. But you'll come up for the better. God is ready to kickstart that journey. Don't be scared. Don't be afraid. Just be sold out for Jesus Christ.